Welcome to the Coffee Geek Podcast, episode 39, live to tape from Bern, Switzerland, at the World of Coffee Expo and the World Barista Championships. This podcast is brought to you by the generous support of our sponsor, Rocket Coffee Roasters, who can be found at www.rocketcoffeeroasters.com. In the mood for hot coffee? When you are, nothing else will satisfy. Coffee has a flavor, an aroma, a deep-down satisfying goodness all its own. And our coffee has something extra, the care with which we brew and serve it. You'll enjoy the show more while you're enjoying steaming hot coffee. Come and get yours now. Guten Morgen, folks, and thanks for tuning in. You've reached the Coffee Geek Podcast, and I'm sitting right now at a nice out-of-the-way cafe in Bern, Switzerland. As I tape this on my little portable recording device, it's May 18th, 2006, and I'm about an hour away from heading off to the BEA Expo site to participate in um, the judges, the certified judges' final calibration. It's going to be very interesting. Now, before I get into any more details, I do have a word from this podcast sponsor. Rocket Coffee Roasters, a small batch coffee roastery, specializes in the highest level of quality coffee and fine espresso. Their focus is sourcing the world's finest coffees and roasting them with care and precision to bring out the full flavors and aromatics that great coffee beans demonstrate. Their concern with freshness is evident by the roast on date included on every bag of coffee, and all orders are shipped the same day they are roasted. A member of the Cup of Excellence program, a commitment to sustainability, and a passion to advance specialty coffee makes Rocket Coffee Roasters a solid choice. They can be found at rocketcoffeeroasters.com. That's plural. Once again, a huge, thank to Ro- a huge thanks to Rocket Coffee Roasters for helping make this podcast happen. Now, you know we love hearing from you, and if you have feedback, comments, or questions about the show, you can send us an email to podcast at coffeegeek.com. You can also phone and leave voicemail at area code 206-965-8185, or reach us on Skype, search for the Coffee Geek username, and leave voicemail there. If you do have a comment or question, please introduce yourself in the voicemail. Keep your questions brief, um, understand that they may be played on the air, and... um, you know, the ones that come in that are interesting, I definitely would like to play those. Now, if you haven't done so yet, it's a new, it will be a new month, I think, by the time this gets on air. Uh, go visit us over at podcastalley.com. Look for the Coffee Geek Podcast. Leave your comments there and vote for the show. And you can also subscribe to us in, po- in iTunes. Just look for the Coffee Geek Podcast. And, as always, show notes are always posted in the Coffee Geek forums in the podcast section and at coffeegeek.libson.com. Okay, so let's get into the show. What I'm going to talk about today, I think, is I'm going to talk about the city of Bern, cafe culture, what the evenings are like here, um, my arrival in the city, talk a bit about the espresso here. Uh, This podcast is not going to be so much about the world of coffee and and the World Barista Championships because they haven't happened yet. It's going to be more about sort of uh, the atmosphere of the cafe culture in this town. And Oh, just... Oui, un café, un café crema, un café crème, s'il vous plaît. Oui. Wait, merci. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. I had, I'm sitting in the cafe and I had to place my drink order. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I arrived in Bern yesterday. I flew um, 24 hours roughly from from 
Vancouver to Toronto, then Toronto to Zurich, and took the train. Uh, it was just first of all, train system in in Switzerland is amazing. They their time, their clocks are actually um, set almost to the atomic clock times. I looked up at the clock, uh, saw the seconds ticking away, and I just set my watch according to um, the atomic clock time before I left. Uh, for Europe, and it was off, my watch was probably off by two seconds when I read that, and the trains like are there right at the second, and they leave when they're supposed to, and it's so cool, I actually missed the first train from Bern to, or sorry, from Zurich, from Zurich Airport to Bern, and I'm kind of glad I did, because that first train at the airport was actually the local train, which was stopping everywhere between Zurich and Bern. And I, 45 minutes later, I caught, another, I caught the next train, and it was the inner city, and it only stopped in Zurich and then Bern, and it was fast. I mean, I was on one of the high-speed trains, and like at one point we were going next to a highway, and the train was like going so much faster than the fastest cars on the highway. It was pretty cool. And... Um, you know, Zurich Airport is just amazing. It's like probably one of the most amazing-looking airports I've ever seen in the world. Um, but you know, it's not about train travel. It's not about um, Zurich Airport. It's about what coffee is like in this city. And the one thing I noticed right away was that this city—it's very small. It's very old. There are parts, there are buildings in the city, like the clock towers and stuff, that date back to 1200. And the entire city is extremely well maintained. And um, just there, there's like—I immediately grasped that there was this real sense of cafe culture in this town. And it was very easy to see because there's a lot of cafes out with seating out in the public squares, right on the street, everything. And oh, here comes my guy. We merci, merci. So now I have my cafe creme here. They serve very nice. It's in a proper size cup. And uh, a cafe creme here in Bern, I quickly discovered, is essentially the North American version of an Americano. Or more appropriately, it's probably the cafe Swiss, which is just a long drawn shot. Um, but in my case, the at this cafe, I've already had a few. They add hot water to it. They don't just pour a five ounce or six ounce shot of espresso. Um, looks pretty good, actually. Just give me a second here. Mm, not bad. Needs probably a little bit of sugar. They serve it up proper. You get a you get the sauce. You get a spoon. You get um, a little packet of sugar, and you get a little chocolate. And it's not bad, because you get this all for roughly uh, four uh, Swiss francs, which is about, uh, it's probably about 200 to, sorry, it's about 253 U.S. And, uh, you know, speaking of which, I've had the opportunity now to, to try espresso in about a half dozen places in the city and uh, other beverages, and, well... I can't say that the coffee's spectacular. It's, um... I'd say it's slightly better than the average cafe in Vancouver that you go into, you know, your typical blends or your second cup or whatever. Um, it's not bad. I was actually, one thing I'm really surprised about is the cost. Um, a shot of espresso at every place I've gone so, to so far is either three Swiss francs 50 or higher. I went to one place where it was four uh, 50. And that's pretty expensive. That's like over three dollars US. It's like three to three fifty, three to three seventy five US and not cheap. And one thing I noticed that I thought was really interesting was that um 
if you ordered a cafe caracto, which is espresso with a shot of grappa, it's typically only about half a franc or a franc more. So you could get an espresso for four francs, or you could get a cafe caracto for five francs. And um, <laughs> like back in Canada, you get your shot of espresso for a buck fifty or two dollars. If you wanted it with a shot of grappa on the side, which is a cafe caracto. Um, first of all, no cafes offer it because licensing, they, they just can't license like that in Canada. But if you got it, it would probably go from being $2 for the shot to being about $7 with the shot and the grappa, which just shows how insane our taxes are and also how high the markups are on alcohol at a lot of places. Um, I haven't partaken yet in the Cafe Correcto, but that's going to be coming up uh, probably very soon, if not today, probably tomorrow. Um, getting back to the cafe culture in this town. Last night, so I'll talk a bit about what I did with, with, with regards to the WBC a little later on, but last night I was out walking the city, and um, this city is just amazing. Like, at dusk, it kind of transforms, and there's not a lot of tourists in this town. The main language you hear here is German, and I get by with my French, because most Swiss speak French and German, and English, for that matter. Um, but yeah, like there's this, there's these two main drags, two main sort of wide avenues in Bern. Uh, one of them um, yesterday was essentially a foodie market. There was a lot of prepared foods. There was some farmer produce there, but it was mostly prepared foods. And uh, went by there this morning, and they're setting up, and now it's all arts and crafts. It's just amazing. That it looks like that main avenue, that one avenue, uh, every day is a different kind of big open market. And uh, the other avenue, which I'm just sitting off of, I'm trying to sit in a more quiet area, um, is more um, restaurants and cafes. And even though it's kind of it's raining this morning, and I'm sort of underneath this big arch, I'm at this place called Cornhouse. And um, there's like, even though it's under a big archway, they're set up to put out probably what looks like about 250 chairs, and maybe about like. Uh, 75, 50, 75 tables, and this is just one of many all along the square. It's just, um, it, I don't know, it's it's hard to describe. We have nothing like this over in Vancouver. I mean, we have places where there's a lot of outdoor seating, um, but last night, it was amazing. I was walking around with a couple of people from the show, and um, this entire street transformed kind of into this giant outdoor al fresco thing where all the locals come to eat outside. I didn't get the sense that there's a lot of tourists in this town. I certainly haven't heard any English, except for very rare snippets, and mostly from people who are here associated with the show. And, oh, I'm taking a little zip here. And, um, as you can see... I'm struggling with how to, to, to verbalize this. It's There's just a sense that being... It, it, it's like, you know, in North America, we sit around, we watch TV, you have 50 million people watching um, uh, American Idol, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, the typical sort of American-slash-Canadian way is to spend the evening indoors watching television. Uh, over here, the typical way that the locals spend the evenings is going out and being with their friends. Um, they go out and they dine. And they go out they enjoy co coffee. And um, this is like, you know, when I was in Europe many years ago, this is, this is the thing that I left Europe with, with a, a true love of. This kind of sense of community, this kind of sense of 
the evenings are for being with your friends. You know, the daytime's for work. The evening is for being with your friends. And, and in North America, we've, we've gotten away from that so bad, so long. It's just become totally ingrained where the evenings are for sitting at home and watching Survivor or American Idol or whatever on the television. And, um, you know, you do it with your, fr- your family, you do it with your girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever. Um, here, it's going out and being with your friends and making your entertainment as being a social animal. And I really, really miss that. <laughs> I mean, I missed it from my first travels in Europe. And now that I'm here experiencing it again, I know when I go back to Canada, I'm going to miss it again. And um, sure enough, when I go back to Canada, I'm probably just going to be sitting around watching television most evenings or working on the computer or answering emails. But I'm going to tell you, while I'm here in Switzerland and later on when I travel to Italy, I'm definitely going to enjoy dining al fresco. Anyways, food for thought, you know. When it's such a pure joy to go out, enjoy a really good meal, spend time with good friends, whether it's indoors or not, it doesn't matter, I think. Um, but there is some kind of special magic to sitting outdoors, uh, hearing the buzz of literally hundreds and hundreds of other people around you, all speaking low, softly. There's no boisterous noises here. In fact, the most loud noises I heard last night did come from the few isolated groups of tourists that I could see. The locals speak quietly. They um, enjoy company with each other. There's no sort of attention-grabbing, shouted-out-at-the-top-of-your-lungs stuff that uh, we're so used to when we do go out in uh, North America, in Vancouver, in Seattle, whatever. Um, You know, sitting on the deck at at times seems like you have to strain to hear the people at the tables next to you because everyone in the entire environment is speaking so loud. Here, it's not like that. Anyways... Maybe this is a good time to sort of take a break and give a shout-out to two of our other sponsors for this podcast. I want to give a big thanks to Zaccardi's for being part of this podcast. They're a great online vendor of equipment and coffee-related items. In fact, you can sign up at Zaccardi's.com for a free catalog of the finest coffee and gourmet kitchen products. From Zaccardi's freshly roasted coffees to the latest coffee equipment and accessories you can always find what you're looking for at zaccardis.com learn with zaccardis research central find buying guides recipes videos and more you can visit them at z a or for american sorry z a c c a r d i s dot com and we're also sponsored by coffee and kitchen visit coffeeandkitchen.com and look for the coffee kids fundraiser link for every specially priced battery-operated hand milk frother purchase, Coffee and Kitchen will donate a dollar to Coffee Kids, providing grounds for hope. While at Coffee and Kitchen, tour their newly redesigned website with the finest coffee equipment, information, and interactive content. And they can be found at coffeeandkitchen.com. That's C-O-F-F-E-E-A-N-D-K-I-T-C-H-E-N.com. Again, big thanks to our sponsors. Alright, again, just a huge thank to our sponsors. They really helped make this trip possible, and I really appreciate their support. So, um, next thing I wanted to talk about a bit was the WBC, because that's why I'm here. 
uh, yesterday, which was May 17th. I was at the judges' certification training. This is where the new judges for Japan and beyond um, are, are being trained and also being certified. And I got involved a bit. I uh, showed up at around noon and found Justin Metcalf, who is the head... Uh, who is uh, one of the he's one of the heads of the judges certification committee said hey Justin I'm here what can I do uh, to help out and Justin immediately thrust me on a technical uh, station where I would have to run some of the new judge candidates through um, technical rounds and it was quite interesting I ended up working with a barista from Iceland her name was Christy she was amazing um, and I am not the strongest technical judge, so I was a little bit freaked out, especially I was kind of thrust into it, not exactly knowing what I was supposed to do or anything else, and tried my best. Um, uh, I, I wasn't, I have to admit, I wasn't that good for the first, uh, first group or the first or second group, but by the time I hit my third, fourth, fifth group, I, I felt I was hit my stride. And uh, what I would do is, is that on the, we do two run-throughs of building um, cappuccinos, and what I would do is, is that as Christy was doing the first round and she would have to do certain things in a certain way, uh, I was sort of walking through and pointing out to these judge candidates exactly what they should be looking for. And I was talking Christy through her entire sort of routine. And this was for the first one she would do for each group. And um, then for the second run through, I'd be quiet and let them sort of manage it. And... Um, you know, we talk about at the end, and it was really good. I was like going through it, and I was pointing out this and that that, that Christy was doing. Like, oh look, her her tamp is <laughs> uneven. Oh my gosh, she has the spouts over the doser chamber. Um, look at the shot pour from this one. You know, the time on it's 19 seconds. Look at the next one; it's 42 seconds. Um, you know, talk the whole process through, and and I tried to make it fun, and Christy certainly made it a lot of fun. Big big thanks to her. She was she was amazing, and. Um, I found that, like, so we I talked through the first round that we'd do, and then just kept quiet the second round. And when um, she was done, then we'd sort of huddle, and I'd go, okay, so tell me, tell me, how was her tamp? Tell me, uh, how was her waist on, on that shot? Tell me, how was her shot times? Did you evaluate the puck? Did you look at the puck? Did you check for, uh, for, for, for channeling and other things. And, um, I think it went really well. In fact, like last night I was at one of the social parties and one of the people in my group, um, one of the people in one of the last groups I did came up to me and said, you know, I really wanted to thank you for that technical station training because, you know, all the other ones just seem so dry and everything else. And you made it really fun. And wow, I was like, oh, cool. So I don't know, maybe I have it in me to, to, to do these things. I'm a little bit scared because I may or may not be involved in the Canadian Championships in um, a few months doing the judges certification for Canada. And to be brutally honest, I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> really afraid of doing it. But, you know, after getting that positive feedback from one of the judge candidates, I, it made my day. I was really worried that I was doing it right. Again, technical is not my strength in judging. My strength is in, in sensory. And um, I was a little worried, but getting that kind of feedback was really cool. And, um, yeah, so, so that was yesterday. And yesterday, basically, the candidates for next year, for Japan and for beyond, were sort of put through all the various tests. Now, today, one of the reasons why I'm heading over to the, to the BEA Expo this afternoon is because uh, today they are doing the certified judges calibration. Um, we're going to be... Uh, working 
um, I believe, exclusively espresso and cappuccino. And if I heard right from Justin last night, I believe that we're going to be broken into groups, and I believe that all the groups, we're going to be evaluating over 40 cappuccinos and over 40 espresso builds during the run. <laughs> 80 drinks. That's going to take some time, and, and uh, it's going to be intense. But, I mean, they are serious about getting good judges at this thing. And I just want to give a huge shout-out to Justin Metcalf and Fritz Storm for doing a really good job certifying judges. I mean, this program this year, from what I've seen so far, is so much better than the previous years. I mean, last year in Seattle was pretty good too, but this year is really intense, and they seem to be covering all the bases, and I gotta tell you, Justin is working like a maniac. I'm, I, the guy, I hope he paces himself, because he was full on bore yesterday, and I don't expect any less uh, today. So, that's what's on tap this afternoon. Um, there's not much I can say about it, because I haven't, uh, gone there yet. I have full confidence that it's going to be um, just a really good experience. I mean, you, you know, forget about being a certified judge for a second. These kind of things are invaluable just for an understanding of quality espresso, cappuccino, even the signature drinks. Um, I feel very fortunate that, I, that, that I'm allowed to go through this process. I mean, you know, to a lot of people in this business, I'm just this web guy. I'm just this... Uh, the coffee geek, you know, uh, and to some people, I guess I haven't really earned my stripes because, you know, I haven't worked behind a machine and pulled, uh, 400 shots a day. And, um, but, you know, I, I think that going through the process like this that I've been doing, I've been judging what for, I think five years now. Um, I, I learn a lot every single one of these sessions, and I certainly feel that I'm qualified enough to judge in these things. Um, I feel confident enough in my skills as a barista that I, I brag about this. I say I can go up to pretty much any machine-slash-grinder-slash-coffee combination, and you let me pull three to five shots, and by the fifth shot, I'm going to be able to deliver something that is at least competent. And, you know, I don't think you can say any better than that. Um, if as long as I believe firmly believe that I can do that, I feel very confident that that uh, my judging skills and my continued involvement as a judge is um, definitely worthy. That's that's such a bad word. Is 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 um, it? I try to pay as much respect as I can to what the baristas who enter these things go through. And I think by paying that respect, by honing my skills as a judge and being the best damn judge I can be, I pay that respect. And that's pretty much all I have to offer, and I hope it's good enough <laughs> for the situation. I mean, I'm rambling here, but um, it's all good. I, I love being part of this process mainly because I feel so honored to be served by, you know, whether it's world champions, whether it's national champions, whether it's regional uh, entrants, it doesn't matter. Every single barista who does these competitions from the regionals on up to the world's they're worthy of a lot of respect, and I try to pay it as best I can. And being part of the process, being a judge, is one way that I feel I can do it. Anyways, folks, I'm going to wrap up now. What are we at here? 
Now we're 24 minutes into this. It's going to be a short podcast. There's, again, not much to say. It's uh, I'm really glad I was able to talk a bit about the cafe culture here because it just blows me away. And um, I think I'm going to wrap up, and I'm going to wrap up again by thanking our primary sponsor, Rocket Coffee Roasters. They can be found at rocketcoffeeroasters.com. And again, thanks for their support for helping make this podcast happen, helping make the content on the website happen. I already have one report up on the site uh, from uh, last eve and uh, I'll be doing another report today, no doubt, and probably have more reports up um, as I travel through Italy and and Firenze, from Milan to Venice to Firenze. Um, And again, all this content is brought to you by uh, the generous sponsorship of RocketCoffeeRoasters.com. So thanks for tuning in, folks. Sorry to keep this is kind of short, but Coffee Geek Standards... um, Next podcast, I'm going to be talking probably more about, uh, specifically about the World of Coffee Expo, about the first day at the the, uh, World Barista Championship, and a bunch of other stuff. So again, thanks for tuning in. I look forward to talking to you next time.